0: We apologize, but due to this current stay-at-home order, we're unable to get into the studio to record a live show. Today's show is a pre-recorded show from the past, and we hope you'll enjoy it. But you can't call in, so you can reach me at agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O dot com. Be glad to answer any questions you might have and enjoy the program. <laughs> Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, tune to us. We'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Watch the give us a call is 291-6901.
1: And you put a 225 in front of that number. You can reach us from anywhere in the continental United States this morning. That's right. And if you happen to know the country codes, 01. you can... Okay, there you go. <laughs>
2: you I had to call us. Mexico the other day get my number. It's a one. <laughs>
1: you can reach us from anywhere in the
0: world then. There you go. Give us a call. It's 291-6901. That'll get you right straight to us. Got all our lines wide open. And, of course, we always like getting questions from callers. It just makes the show a lot more interesting.
1: Sure, and then even out of the country or even out of the area area in the world, it yes, gives us different perspective on what's going on.
0: That's right. Well, a lot of times people will tell you something or ask a certain kind of question. That never really occurred to me,
1: right? Because,
0: because environments are different. Right, it gets a lot colder in some areas. I don't think it gets too much hotter <laughs> <laughs> in too many areas, but I guess maybe in Death Valley. Yeah, Oklahoma. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it does. Yeah, I had a friend of mine lived in Yuma, Arizona. Yeah, and he came and I said, "Man, this is delightful." <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's less than three digits here. <laughs> there you go. Just give us a call, 291-6901. We'll get you right straight to us, and we're going to our front lines with Will. Good morning, Will. How
3: are you doing, sir? You doing all right?
0: Doing great, sir. Good morning.
3: Look, I got a 95 Mazda I bought from a friend of mine. It's at that five-speed overdrive. Okay. When i go to put it in the, in the overdrive. It's got like a grind in the, you know, in the transmission there. It, yeah, it's runs fine, but...
0: Yeah, they've had some trouble with those, Will. In fact, we rebuilt one in the shop this week. It's sort of a light design and if anybody who had it before you was a little rough on it, they can chew up those synchronizers and it can be repaired or I mean if it's just a slight grind, you might try changing the oil in it and just see if that helps. Sometimes the oil has broken down and it's not lubing those synchronizers well enough. Certainly is inexpensive to do. It's not going to cost you a whole bunch of money. Probably it's going to be too little too late, but it's certainly not going to hurt. You could try that. The other option is just give it a second whenever you shift to high gear. and Just wait a split second before you actually make the shift. What you don't want to do is sit there and force it to go because what's technically happening, Will, is that the input shaft is turning one set of gears. The output shaft is turning the other. So they're spinning at different speeds. When you shift gear, a slider has to move over and engage that gear. What it does, it catches a little brass ring that it pushes forward, which catches the other gear, spins it up so that when it goes to slide in, it can smoothly slide in. Now, what happens over time is that little brass ring tends to wear, and when it does, it grabs the gear. It doesn't catch it quite well enough, so it's not turning at exactly the same speed. So when that slider hits the teeth on the other gear, you get that grind noise. That's chewing metal off of those gear teeth. So the fix is going to be rebuild transmission. But if okay. you want to try changing your awl and just shift a little easier, you could probably continue to drive that for a long, long ways. Can I just change your all and say use that gearbox oil or something like that? I just put the regular 75W90 gear all in. I think that's what it requires. And any good okay. mobile one, there's no use to go to any kind of aftermarket additives and stuff. I, I just don't like those at all. I don't see what right. would do any good. They make all kind of promises under the sun. But normal, just good gear, all something like mobile one or any of the major synthetic awls is going to work just fine. Okay, that'll work. I appreciate it. All right, Will. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. All Two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive eye, we would absolutely love to hear from you. And we're going back to the lines with Todd. Good morning, Todd.
3: Hello, Lewis. Appreciate your show.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: I have a 02 F-250. Okay. 5.4 gas. And it's an intermittent problem, but I know what causes it now. Okay. I go to start it, and I let off the starter prematurely so it doesn't start. Yes, sir. And then... It's it before. It won't start after that. I did, did it last night. I got it started, but I had to keep the RPMs up to about oh, oh two thousand, and uh, drop it in the drive to get home. Okay. It's not a fuel pump because it'll run fine. No, sir. That's I not going to be on. a fuel
0: pump issue. I don't think
3: fuel filter is it. Throttle position sensor, uh, mass airflow. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Once it gets running, it'll go.
0: Yeah, that's kind of strange. One t- Yeah, if it, it and high. it's an O2 model. Yeah. So it does not have drive-by-wire. You got a cable on the throttle body? Yes. Okay, if it's got a cable on the throttle body, I would suspect probably the idle control valve, the idle control servo, that's going to be a little long piece with two bolts holding it down and a wire going to it. Those were absolutely notorious, Todd, for going out, and it may not fail Completely, it may just fail at times. It's actually a little stepper motor, and the way that works, it's not 12 volts off on. It's a pulse. The PCM sends a pulse to it, which turns a little mechanism, which gears it in and out. And I think maybe when you're cranking and letting off, you're causing some kind of confusion to the driver circuit, or maybe it's just weak, and under those circumstances, it can't recover, and it's probably staying closed. So the tip is, if you can hold your foot on the accelerator and it starts and runs, then you're just doing the job for it. You know, you're know, you providing idle. Right. If that's the case, then that would be the first part I would suspect. Now, one way that we sometimes can check those, take something like a screwdriver handle, take the air box off the top of the thing and just kind of wrap it with a handle of a screwdriver or something and see if it starts to idle. Because sometimes okay, you if, can hit them and they'll, they'll free up. Where. This is located, it's right right so. on top of the throttle body somewhere. I don't know exactly where, but you'll see it. It will sits
1: about three or four inches long, round, and like Lewis said, it's got two bolts two holding bolts it and down a wire. and a wire plug on yeah, the Yeah, it's the only thing that looks it.
0: like that. Now, in 04, they went to drive by wire. They totally eliminated that whole system, and there's a servo motor in the throttle body that actually drives it.
3: Okay, so it's but, a servo motor mounted near the throttle It's body. on the it's throttle, throttle body, right. yes, sir. Mm-hmm. On the throttle
0: body. And it'll be silver with a wire plugging into it, two bolts. It. Now, i tell you, if you want to go to my website and just that's type right. in the word idle, it's going to bring up an article and there's a picture of one. Okay. You'll know kind of what you're looking for. Now, that's not the only thing that can cause that. Right. A throttle position sensor could cause the same thing or any number of things could, but that would be the first place I'd go and just check it and make sure that is it. Normally, if you can give it a little gas and it will go. You know, you're not giving it a gas, you're just opening the air horn. But if you do that, you're doing the job for it because all it does is opens up, allows air into the engine, and by allowing air into the engine, the fuel ejectors are going to supply the fuel and it's going to run like that.
3: Okay, and that part is called the what?
0: Idle control servo.
3: Idle control servo, okay. It's like I'm confusing it when I turn it off before it starts running. Could
0: very well be, yes, sir.
3: And it'll come back, I've, I've done it before, and then mm-hmm. it'll run completely.
0: Well, There's see, nothing it, wrong with it. the PCM may not send its pulse on every condition, and engineers try to think of every possible thing that someone's ever going to do when they run a car, but maybe they didn't think that they're going to try to crank, quit cranking before and then hit it again, and maybe it doesn't resend that signal. And if you got a good servo that remembers where it was then it's probably fine if you got one that closes up when you release the power there's all kinds of probably we could speculate for days and days but that's just the first place to start looking okay all righty all right thank you very much all right thanks man bye-bye we've got bill's been patiently holding good morning bill
4: yes good morning yes morning. i got a 05 honda accord okay the ex model yes sir and my battery light came on and i i stopped off at a shop they told me that the alternator was bad Mm mm-hmm and they quoted me a price of like six hundred and some odd dollars to okay. change out the alternator. Okay. They said it was like a, a three hundred and some odd dollar part, and then then the labor to put it in. Yes, was sir. In a bad spot. Hmm. I just thought that price was kind of high. Is that in the ballpark? I'm really not
0: sure, Bill. I'd have to see that particular engine. Some of them are very difficult to get to. They're buried, kind of... I would want to know more what alternator are they planning on putting on.
4: It's at a dealership. So. Yeah, an OEM
0: Honda part. Good. Yeah. If you put an OEM part, they probably are not out of line on their price of the part. I know those are probably around $300, and in my opinion, worth it. You can buy the cheap aftermarket ones there, just don't hold up. Okay, The labor seems high to me. I'm not certain, Bill. If you want to send me an email, I'll look it up in service data and see what the recommended time is, and then we can kind of determine from there if that's pretty reasonable. I know some of them are kind of underneath the cylinder head, up in the front, buried under there. They said it was hard to get at. There are some that are. Now, you may just get a second opinion. Sometimes, not to paint everybody with a broad brush, but I know sometimes dealerships do get aggressive on their pricing, particularly if they think it got you stuck. Mm -hmm. it's not really fair to call around because they don't know what the heck they're bidding on, but is the car still drivable?
4: Yeah, I drove it there, but mm-hmm. uh, they said the battery's not they, – they did a diagnostic, and they said the battery's not charging.
0: Well, they should be able to charge the battery, and you should be able to drive it somewhere else, and you might want to just take it to a trusted, independent shop and just get them to give you a second opinion. And if they tell you the same thing, then you may want to take it back to the original, or you may want to leave it at the new shop. But go on my website, and there's an article in there on selecting shops. Mm-hmm. Read that article. In fact, there's several articles in there on that topic, and that way you can get to a good place – if you send me an email, I'll look up the recommended time, and okay. that's not the bible, but that's going to give you an idea. That sounds your, what, a little bit high. Email but, address? Well, just go to agcoauto.com, com. A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. go to contact@agcoauto.com, agcoauto.com. agco agcoauto. A-G-O-A-U-T-O. Mm-hmm.
4: A-G-O-A-U-T-O.
0: A-G-O-A-U-T-O.
4: A-G-O-A-U-T-O. Okay, dot .com. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. And, and go to will contact right back.
0: Will you just send it to me, I'll get to it quick as I can. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Okay, Bill, thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. And we've got Sharon's been patiently holding. Good morning, Sharon.
5: Hi, good morning. Good morning. The issue that I'm having is when I crank my car,
0: mm-hmm.
5: it, there's like blue smoke that comes out. And I was just wondering.
0: What kind of car okay. is it, Sharon?
5: It's a Acura.
0: And how many miles do you have on it?
5: About 130.
0: Okay, so fairly low miles. That's just a single puff of smoke and then it goes away and doesn't do any more the rest of the day?
5: I think so. If it sets for like eight hours at work when I get in the car, sometimes I do see it again. You will
0: see it again. Let me ask you this. Are you losing any engine coolant in the engine? Mm, No, not
5: that I'm aware
0: of. Check and make sure the coolant bottle is not low. It's probably not going to be oil, simply because that car utilizes a catalytic converter system. That should vaporize any oil that comes out the exhaust. It, It won't smoke. It'll just burn it up. Okay. There's a few possibilities One is, if you've got any type of a coolant leak where coolant is getting into the combustion chamber, you're going to get a big puff of white carbon because when that coolant hits that carbon in that combustion chamber, it's going to break it up and it's going to blow it out and it's going to be a big old puff of white smoke.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: That is one possibility. That could be something like a blown head gasket. It could be a leak somewhere in the system. Now, one other thing, if you are in a relatively cold area or it only occurs when it is cold and humid outside, very often what happens is humidity just leaks into the exhaust system at night or when it sits for a while because it's wide open, there's a hole in the tailpipe. When you crank it up, that red-hot exhaust gas hits it, and it's going to produce steam. And some cars will produce a puff of steam when you crank them up, and that is normal. Right. So I would probably want to know if you're losing any coolant. If you are, I would be very concerned. If you're not losing any coolant, I would probably be far less concerned. I mean, it is okay. possible that the valve guide seals could cause that problem. That's a seal around the intake valves, and it can suck mm-hmm. all down that stem, and it can make a puff of smoke like that. But generally, the catalytic converters will burn it up before you actually see it.
5: Okay. Well, it is pretty big.
1: Does it dissipate readily, it, or is it yeah, kind of hang yeah. around? Yeah.
5: By the time I leave the driveway, I don't see anything. It's yeah, if it seems, goes away
0: yeah. fairly quick, it's more likely going to be steam right, or something. See, all smoke would generally hang around a while. It would be kind of bluish white, and it's going to stay there just a bit until the air dissipates it. Are you losing oil, and or do you have to add oil to the engine?
5: I'm not losing any oil, and uh-huh. I've never had to put Freon in it. I've had it yeah. probably going on three years, and it never runs hot. or. It
0: yeah, check closely the coolant level. There's a little reservoir okay. hood, or have someone check it for you. Make sure okay. you're not losing any. If you're not losing any coolant and you're not losing any oil, I don't think I'd be too concerned,
3: Okay, particularly
0: great. if the car is parked outside. I mean, one thing you could do if you just kind of wanted to eliminate that as a possibility You know where the tailpipe comes out in the back. Get Mm -hmm. something like an old towel or a shot, you know, just an old old rag of some sort. And tonight when you go in, just kind of plug it up, just stick it in there. Mm -hmm. And when you crank it up in the morning, it'll blow right out. I mean, you don't even have to go back there and take it. It's going to blow out as soon as the engine cranks up. And see if it does not do it.
5: Okay. Because that's
0: going to prevent moisture from leaking into the exhaust system overnight. And if it does not do it, then I would not be concerned. It's, It's pretty much normal. All right. Well thank you so much. Right. Hey, one last thing, Sharon. Check okay. the brake fluid. Make sure you're not losing any brake fluid. Okay. Because if you lose brake fluid sometimes there's a vacuum brake booster and the fluid can actually run out of the master cylinder into the booster and be sucked into the engine that way. That's one okay. last thing. But if you're not losing any fluid levels at all, I wouldn't be too concerned. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. We gotta take a quick little break. John, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break
5: mimi your hair is so cute who cuts it oh thanks i got a guy for you here's his card it just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Falon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. It seems like old Falon has quite a gig going.
2: Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape.
5: So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get
2: automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you're
0: joining us, your automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Altisan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tree Tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 291 6901, and we're going right back to the line with John. Thanks for holding, John. Good
3: morning, Lewis. Enjoy your show Thank and the uh, work you do at your shop. Thank you, sir. I've got a 2005 Chevy Trailblazer. Okay. Left me stranded last night. I was able to get it home this morning, but, anyways. The transmission cable broke.
0: Okay, shifter cable?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. So that's mm-hmm.
0: fairly common. Usually breaks right there at the transmission. That little end breaks off.
3: Yes, sir. I, I was able to limp it home, put a couple zip ties around it, and yes, I was sir. able to get it in gear and drive it home. Mm-hmm. Is that a troublesome job changing? Not too
0: bad. About two to two and a half hours. It does run underneath the carpeting, so you do have to do a bit of work to get it out. I mean, if you're real, real handy, you could probably do it yourself. If you not so much, you do have to take some of the interior and stuff out. To get the cable out of i buy them from chevrolet i want to say the cable's about 80 or 90 dollars if i remember right maybe a little more than that but so you're probably talking three 350 somewhere in that range to replace it
4: okay
3: yeah i'm pretty good mechanical wise mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i have very little patience so. i understand <laughs> well
1: I, I can tell you interior work is not your statue then <laughs> i'm the same way I, I love working on it but when, when it gets to that tedious stuff like how do you get this little panel off there's yeah. no screws in it yeah, now right. what Right, you right. Know.
3: I've already bought the replacement cable mm-hmm. from a Chevrolet place. Yes, so okay. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to just bring it to you, Mike. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, I right, appreciate it. Okay, All right, thanks, sir. man.
0: Bye-bye. 291 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive aisle, we would absolutely love to have you. And we're going back to lines with Mike. Good morning, Mike.
3: Good morning. I have a 07 Silverado 2500. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. My check engine light's on, and the code says vacuum leak place canister a
0: well, it doesn't it's say a, vacuum, leak. What code is it? It's P-O-455? Yeah,
3: 055. Yeah,
0: yeah, that almost every time, Mike, and, and i, I got to preface that with an almost because there's a, literally 2,000 things that will make that light come on, but almost every time, that's what they call the evaporative emissions vent solenoid. Absolutely notorious for going out. It's a little solenoid back by the gas tank. And it opens up to allow air to flow into the tank when it needs to purge the fumes out. And there's another one on the engine called a purge solenoid that opens up and sucks the fumes out of the gas tank. What happens is that it tries to close to test the system to see if it's airtight. It closes that one, opens it, and draws a vacuum and then closes the purge and then it wants to hold a vacuum. If it can't hold a vacuum, then it's going to throw that code. And if that solenoid hangs open, that is one thing. Now, of course, if the fuel cap is bad, it'll do the same thing. If you've got a vacuum line off, it'll do the same thing. If you've got, you got a crack a, in the fuel right. tank, on and on and on and on and on. But that is by wide, wide measure the most common thing. What you have to do to test it is you would have to go in with some type of a vacuum gauge you can hook in. You have to have a scan tool to tell it to draw a vacuum. You draw the vacuum, close the vacuum, and see if it holds. If it doesn't hold then put an on good cap, seal the system, and on and on. What we do is we've got a device called a smoke machine. We can fill the system with smoke and watch where the smoke comes out. So it's a little bit easier, but that's a $10,000 machine. I don't think you want to buy one to check this one truck. Right,
2: right.
0: But fairly easy to change. They do have an updated solenoid for it with an update kit that changes where you locate the inlet filter because they say dirt gets into them. I don't know. I think it's just a junk part. But there is an update kit for it available through GM.
3: I replaced the gas cap. Would the light go off if it corrected the problem? After a few key
0: cycles, yes, sir. You may have to cycle the ignition and run it a few times. It won't go off immediately. It has to pass the test at least twice, and it has to run the test. So if it's full of gas, if you've got more than three-quarters of a tank, it's not going to run that test. If you got less than one-quarter of a tank of gas, it's not going to run the test. So you have to have somewhere around a half tank of gas, and it would probably take three or four key cycles from a cold start. Right. And if it passes two times, it will turn the light back off. Okay. So, you know, you want to just try it a few more times to see if the light remains on. You can bring it in. We can check it and tell you definitively that is it. Not a big labor job to change. I usually change the purge solenoid at the same time just because it's inexpensive. And what's going to happen is three months from now you'll be back with the same light on again. The purge will be bad. I usually change them together. I change both of them at the same time, you know, unless the customer's real tight for money.
3: Uh, both of the sensors?
0: No, this the valves, the valves, the purge valve and the vent valve. Great
3: valve.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. The only sensor is a pressure sensor. That's part of the fuel pump.
3: I also have a PO
0: 121. Okay. That's an oxygen sensor code. Mm-hmm. Don't fool with that until you fix the other problem. Right. Cause it could be causing. Right. It's the engine's correct. leaning out. It's going to set a lean code on that. So you can't ever take those codes literally. You okay. got to know how to read them.
3: Sound like I need to bring in to you guys.
0: Well, you mm-hmm. you don't want to waste a bunch of money. You do. <laughs> yeah. See, if it well, leans uh, out because of a vent solenoid stuck open, then it's going to run lean, and the oxygen is going to say, "Hey, we're too lean." So it's just reporting it's too lean. Doesn't mean right. it's
3: bad. Right. Right. All right. Well, we'll bring it in next week and let you guys uh, check. I'm going to try. Uh, at cap
0: and yeah, you can try that and see. If Get it to a half a tank of gas, and it's going to have to see some cold starts. Now, what it calls a cold start is that the coolant temperature has to equal the ambient temperature. In other words, the engine temperature has to be the same as the outside air. If it doesn't see that, it's not going to run that test. So it has to sit probably all day or all night. When you crank it up first thing, then it's going to start to execute tests test if it has the right level of gas in it. So if it's got a full tank or an empty tank, it ain't never going to run the test. So get it to a half a tank. Crank it up a few mornings and see if light goes off, you're home free. All
3: right. Well, I right? appreciate
0: it. Okay, man. bye 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we would love to have you. And we're going back to the phone lines with Barry. Good morning, Barry.
3: Good morning. I got a 98 Silverado 1500 mm-hmm. pickup truck. Okay. Going down the road. I always make sure I got gas in the truck. And it's between a quarter and a half a tank gas and all of a sudden it just dies on me. Out of gas.
0: Yeah, so many things can cause that barry. Hold on, I gotta take a break, but if you okay. get, hold on, I'll get you right after the break. All, all right, right we you. take a quick little break, we'll be right back to more in the automotive hour. Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can
5: you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy? Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing, along with the piercing eagle claw technique, working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. Ah! When you hear that, you know it's working. I
2: bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at AGCO Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about AGCO's General Inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term.
5: One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know.
2: Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your for general inspection today at AGCO Automotive. AGCO, it's the place to go.
3: Crew, when it, hey, welcome back. If you
0: just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with on Mr. On Brian Terry. Hey, through to us, we'll try to answer any automotive question phone phone you might have. So and well, just before the break, we were talking to Barry. And, Barry, you said that you... Cranks up, it runs for a while, and then it dies on you?
3: Well, I was just going down the road, Mm -hmm. and it just died on me. Okay, and then it sat for a while. And and I'm I'm trying to crank it up. Mm -hmm. I'm going like, I know I've got gas in here. Okay, yes, sir. And the needle is flicking left, right, left, right, and going crazy. So I get somebody to bring some gas, Mm
0: -hmm. put it in, and it cranks right up. Yeah, but it probably cooled off in the interim. Has it done it again? No, that was just the first time it did it. Yeah, if the needle were flicking back and forth, that sounds like it's losing a ground. Okay. So there's a connector that goes to that fuel pump, and Uh it's got, I think, four wires in it. Those are notorious for burning up, and generally the ground is what burns up on them. Kind of a booger to get to. You're going to have to drop the tank down, get to the connector, take it apart, and examine it. If that connector's burned, then you're going to need to replace the connector, and you might want to consider replacing the pump because generally the reason it burns up is because the pump's pulling too many amps. Mm -hmm. But to confirm that, you would almost have to have a fuel pressure gauge on it when it occurs because there are other things that could cause that. Something like a crank sensor could have gone out temporarily, got hot, whatever, and that's going to make it die. I mean, on and on and on.
1: You can actually take a fuel pressure gauge and tap into the port on the top of the engine and tape the gauge to the windshield where you can watch it. Mm-hmm. And when it happens again, if you still have fuel pressure, then it's forget, not it's, yeah yeah it's not in the fuel system. Something
0: else, see even something like the relay that drives the fuel pump can temporarily kick out, and it doesn't turn power to the pump, so the pump dies. But it's not the pump's fault. You know, it's right. just not getting current to it. So you got to do a little more investigative work with it. I would see yeah. if it continues to happen, which I'm sure it will.
3: Yeah, just uh, even when I start it, I uh, start it up. Sometimes it'll go all the way. To the the needle we'll yeah go to full. And a flicker a little bit, mm. and then it'll settle back on the Well, like, and you see, where, if your needle is acting or? up
0: like that, then you know you've got a problem with the sending unit or the wire. So you, you could sending also go in, fix that problem, and when you fix that problem, all your problems may be gone. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much. All righty, man. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 291 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive eye, we would absolutely love to have you. And we've got Matt online. Good morning, Matt. Hey,
4: Lewis. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Doing great. Good morning, sir. Hey, I just bought a new 2012 Chevy Tahoe, and I live right in Washington, D.C., right outside of there. And we got real heavy traffic.
1: Okay, sir.
4: And I was wondering, as far as I've had an old Tahoe, it's gone through two transmissions, and I don't want to do that with this one. Yes, sir. Changing the fluid, I know you say don't flush them, but Correct. how often would you recommend to change the filter and fluid in it?
0: Matt, if it was my vehicle, every 50,000 miles fifty thousand. Yes yeah, sir. And GM is gonna tell you close to a hundred, but again GM's in the business of selling vehicles. And one right. thing that's gonna drive you to a new vehicle is the time to put a transmission in that one. That's probably gonna have a six speed in that one, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's easy. a
0: pretty expensive transmission. I would be doing that every about every fifty thousand miles And be sure you use the Dexron 6, which is the The GM synthetic synthetic fluid that they've come out with for that one. Change the filter and everything at the same time, and just don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let anyone flush it, and don't let anyone go in and put the wrong fluid or or not change the filter. There's several articles on the website. I've got one on servicing transmission called proper service or something to that effect. Just type in transmission service. It'll come up. It'll give you all the particulars on it, tell you everything to look for. So if you do it yourself, that's great. If you have to have it done, at least you'll know what to look for.
4: Okay, and as far as engine oil, what would you recommend there? Depends, that, Matt,
0: on the way that you drive the vehicle. What is your average yeah, of, trip? How long do yeah, you drive at a time?
4: A lot of
3: stop and go and short trips.
0: Short trips, man. I'd be doing every three thousand miles. Now, it, and
3: even with synthetic oil,
0: well, that one's going to take Dexos, Dexos which right. is a synthetic blend. See, synthetic oil does not really last longer. It gets dirtier than regular oil does because it has a better detergent. The whole thing with change intervals is based on how you drive the vehicle. If you're driving long distances, what happens is the oil gets up to about 250, 260 degrees. At that temperature, any moisture starts to boil out. And when it boils, it turns to steam. The PC system sucks it out, and it all cleans itself. So, yeah, it'll go seven or 8,000 miles. But when you're like yourself, you're driving little short trips, You're cutting it off after maybe five, six miles. It's not ever getting to that temperature. So that moisture stays in the crankcase. Now, that moisture goes right through the filter because it's liquid. It starts to turn to sludge. It starts to turn to acid. Matt, if you go to the car complaints across the board for 2013, what you'll see, and this will surprise a lot of people, over 50% of all complaints on cars are now powertrain-related. That means engines and transmissions. And as opposed to about 10, 15 years ago before they started all this ridiculous oil change, hoopla that was almost unheard of you never had engine problems so the number of engine problems has just absolutely exploded since they went to this and it's because they try to miss they tell you go by the miles you can't go by the miles you got to go by the use of the vehicle so you're under severe service you're you're making i'm the same exact way i my average trips about five miles so my car never really gets hot so i'm using mobile one synthetic in it and i'm changing every three thousand. Okay,
3: great. Well, thank you. Yeah, because I'm going to ignore the thing on the dashboard. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that'll lead you so far wrong, man. All that does, that's based on miles, and it's going to put you out around eight, 9,000 miles. You will never save enough money on all changes to ever pay for a single repair. Okay. Where, where okay. are you calling from, Matt?
3: Uh, right outside of Washington, D.C., McLean, Virginia.
0: Oh, great. You gave the producer your name and address? Yes, I did. Well, yeah, good great. deal. I'll get an ANCO t shirt out to you.
3: Appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir.
0: Thanks for calling. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive I, we would absolutely love to have you. If you happen to think of a
1: question after we go off the air today or maybe during the week, you That's can right. always go to the website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is a G C O A-U-T-O.com. That's right. There's a contact bar on each and every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night and get it back within 24 hours.
0: That's right. Normally a lot faster. I happen to be sitting at the site last night doing some work on it and a little chime went off i got an email uh-huh. immediately replied and go, wow <laughs> i thought I just having to be sitting here <laughs> right but i will always get an answer back to you pretty darn quick sometimes on the weekend lane and i may go out we may leave town or whatever and i do carry a laptop now you're not gonna get me quite as fast that way because i'm right. gonna go run back to the hotel to check on it but we do travel a good bit but you always get an answer within 24 hours, and most time a lot quicker, normally within a couple of hours. Even during the day, I sit there and answer it.
1: Right, and if you happen not to get one... Go back and check your return address because mm-hmm. if we get a wrong address, there's no way to, to send it back check to you. Check your
0: spam folder because a lot of Internet providers see a server sending out a tremendous amount of email like we do, and they will mark it as spam, and they may stick it in the spam folder. So if you hadn't gotten a reply back from me within 24 hours, something's gone wrong, check your spam folder and check the email address that you provided to me. Make sure it was correct. And while you're on there, a few other things you might want to take a look at. The detailed topics is just a tremendous amount of information on a number of topics. I put the first of two on there this morning about water leaking into the car. Uh And this one pertains to water from the, I call HVAC (laughs) HVAC system, which Uh is the heating, venting, air conditioning system. And if you have a puddle of water on the right side floor, which is very, very common there's normally one of two things that causes that. One is a drip from the evaporator core, which is the water that it removes from the car.
1: There's actually a drain that goes from the case out of through the firewall, and so it'll drip out on the ground.
0: That is correct. That's the water you see dripping under the car when it's running. Now, that can malfunction and drip inside the car, and it goes into detail on that. The second is the heater core can actually leak, which will right. drop antifreeze or coolant into the car, which
1: is a different texture, different smell. Sort
0: of a sticky. Type right waterish fluid that will not evaporate like the regular water may so those are two of the things you can look for now that's not only annoying and unsightly it is a problem it's a big problem because number one it's gonna cause rot in the carpet it's gonna mildew it can cause mold which can make you sick and also that excess humidity in the car can knock out a lot of electronics cause you all kind of weird Mm -hmm. electrical problems Normally when we see a car that's had a water leak, be it from the HVAC, AC, <clears throat> I'm going to get this one of these days.
2: One of these days. HVAC Try it again. HVAC system. There you go.
0: Or from a window leak or a gasket leak, which we'll cover all that next week. Uh uh-huh. It's going to be a car that has a lot of electrical problems. Right. We get that quite a bit, computers and everything else going they, out. because they, they just humidity. do not
1: like that humidity. No,
0: it's just not designed for that. So good article. Go on there. See what you think. Agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. I think you'll really like it. And we're going to our phone lines. Will, good morning, Will.
2: Hey, how you doing this morning? Doing great, sir.
0: Good morning. Look,
3: I picked a one on you. I got a 97 GMC. I got 120,000 miles on it. The okay. transmission's never been touched, running fine. Mm-hmm. And I'll pick up maybe in the whole life of it, had to add maybe a half a quarter
0: transmission. Okay. okay. Uh,
3: kind of rarity, or, or what?
0: No, transmissions will shouldn't ever have to have any fluid added to them. They don't use fluid. They're not like an engine where it can consume fluid or anything. Most of them are going to leak to one degree or another, and they may lose a little bit of fluid over a long period of time. That wouldn't be enough for me to be concerned about. I would probably recommend servicing that transmission just because the fluid is going to be almost 100% depleted at this age. Age is just as bad as the miles. You don't have many miles on it, but the age really gets to it. The fluid starts to lose its additives that do things, and your seals will start getting hard on you. Inevitably, you will have trouble if you do not change the fluid and the filter in it is that going to happen tomorrow probably not is it going to happen almost guaranteed it will now you can hear people are going to tell you will oh we don't want to." If it hadn't been done in that long you don't want to do it well, that's silly you know it's kind of like saying well i hadn't taken a bath in two weeks so i'm never going to bathe again proper service can never ever ever hurt your car what some people are worried about is it's gone all these years without a service. If they go in and they service it and it happens to fail in the next three months, you're going to blame them. Kind of like the old farmer, he's plowing with his mule, mule kills over dead. He says, well, he never did that before. You know, Well, he ain't going to never do it again either. <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, yeah. whether you service it or not, I mean, it may fail. That's just the odds of, a, of an old transmission. But,
1: Especially one with no service like right, that.
0: Right, never had a service. But the service, a proper service, cannot possibly hurt it, and it may buy you some time. It may replenish some of those additives. It could actually soften up a few of the seals. What most people see when they go long, long time like that is that you'll start getting a delayed engagement. In other words, you'll put it in gear and it'll hesitate a second before it actually engages. And that may not have started happening yet on yours, but the seals will get hard and the fluid will run past the seal. And so it won't engage immediately. And then when enough hot fluid runs past the seal, it softens it up enough to get it to go.
1: Now, the worst thing you can do is start accelerating it, trying to get it to drop into gear. Right. If that, you'll that let it sit tear it up. for a minute. You can drive that transmission in good ways like that. That is correct.
0: But okay. I would definitely be doing a proper service. You definitely do not want what they call a flush. You don't want anybody going to go and take the cool lines and run clean fluid through a dirty transmission. That does no good at all and can actually harm it.
1: Right. When you drop the pan and drop the filter, go ahead and drain that filter out and cut it open. Just take and cut the plastic off around it and open up the filter that's inside. It's a two-part Filter that's folded over. Mm-hmm. Just take and open it up, and look what's inside of it. If yep. you see snap rings or clutch pieces chunks or chunks of metal in it, chunks all of metal, then you know you're pretty much on the way
0: out. Yeah, you're pretty close okay. to the end. You don't want to see any mm-hmm. metal at all, but at that age, you may see, see some, some. Yeah, a little. Fine, little slivers. fine silver spots or something, but you don't want to see any little pieces that you can actually feel with your finger. Anything like that is is generally a bad sign. And again, if you just go to my website and type in transmission service, it's going to bring up a big article that's got a bunch of pictures. It tells you a normal amount of metal to see, alarming amount, and a, a failed transmission. It shows you three pictures. Gives you a lot of details on it. If you want to do it yourself, you can. If you want to take it to a shop, it's not really expensive to have it done. There's also a seal that goes up in the valve body that holds that filter. Takes a special tool to pull that seal out. You're gonna to want to change that seal because if you pop a new filter without changing the seal, what will happen? The filter may fall down into the pan, and now you're getting unfiltered all into your transmission. I got
3: you. All right. Look how work. Look how work right there at Capital line right down the road from. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick it
0: out dinner, and then. Yeah, not a big deal at all. It takes us about an hour to do it. Not a really okay. expensive service. Okay. All right, bro. Appreciate it. All right, Will. All nice right, call it, Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to part of the Automotive fire, we're going to take one last little break. We'll be right back with more.
2: Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks standoff Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. Well, that's
3: oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days.
5: And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at AGCO Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run.
2: So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok?
5: Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome
0: back in final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm Lewis Aldizan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call. It's 291-6901. And we've got Chris online. Good morning, Chris.
3: Yes, sir. Good morning. I talked to you a couple months ago about an 80-model Ford pickup that I inherited, and you gave me some information about getting it running. Okay. And that all worked out fine. Well, good. But here's the problem. If it sits overnight, before it will start in the morning, you have to put a little fluid or something in the carburetor. Okay. It will start up and run during the day fine, but
0: mm-hmm.
3: it sits for three or four hours. You have to repeat the same process before it will start again.
0: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
3: So I was trying to see if you had any suggestions.
0: Almost always, Chris, on that one, the carburetor's bleeding down. Right. In other words, the fuel from the bowl is bleeding down either through the jets or through the accelerator pump circuit or something like that is dribbling into the intake manifold, which is a double whammy. Number one, it doesn't have fuel when you go to start it, so it won't start. And number two, it kind of floods the engine, which makes it harder to start. But that is almost always, especially if you put fuel in it and it will start.
3: Yes, sir. You put a little, you know, a little fuel yeah. in it and it'll start right yeah, up. Yeah, right. I bet
0: you yeah. that that fuel, that carburetor is bleeding down. You're going to have to rebuild the carburetor to fix that. It's probably the seals have dried up in it or the ethanol in our fuel has gotten to them and, Eating them up, but you should be able to rebuild that. you pretty handy, Chris. Yes,
3: sir.
0: Yeah, go online, find a carburetor kit, and you could probably have to look at a whole bunch of them to find one. You don't want to import it junk from China, but if you can find a decent carburetor kit, it's not rocket science. I mean, just take it apart and change all the little pieces. And there's a part in there called an accelerator pump circuit. That's most likely where it's bleeding down because the jets would have to actually, the fuel would have to come back up to the Venturi to get out which would keep some in there, but the accelerator pumps on the bottom of the bowl, and if the little valve in that leaks, it'll actually dribble on down into the intake manifold. It's so. just a
1: little rubber diaphragm, and then it runs on the side of the case in there. And mm-hmm. what happens is that seal dries out or it cracks, and then the fuel can get past it. Right. With its sitting steel.
0: bowl's emptying out overnight. Okay. All right.
3: All right. Well, I'll sure give that a try, and I thank you for the information. All right, Chris. All right, sir. Thanks Carl.
0: man. All right. Bye.
4: Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Hi, 291 6901 is a number, and we'd love to hear from you. We've got John online. Good morning, John.
4: Good morning. Got a 07 Acadia. Okay. Bought the vehicle with about 90,000 miles
0: uh-huh.
4: and did a, a search on it at 70,000 miles. They, they replaced the camshaft, uh, the chain, and everything. That's yeah, uh-huh. not
0: surprising. Mm-hmm.
4: So that that was all completely done. And I'm having some symptoms, and I'm not sure if it's the same thing. And the question I have is does it sound like the same thing? The check engine light is on, but it's not flashing. And I okay. know that could be just due to a gas cap.
0: Well, a flashing a flashing check engine light will always be a misfire. That's the only thing that makes it flash. And there's okay. 2,000 things other than that that will make a light come on. Do you know what code is stored, John?
4: No, I haven't even done that. This okay. is the second problem that, that I'm having. Mm-hmm. And, it's again, it's my wife's car. She's been complaining about it for about two weeks. And I, it just happened to me. It Probably out once out of every... 10 starts you go to start it and it turns over mm-hmm. and it turns over regular plenty mm-hmm. of power and everything yes, not a battery related issue but it doesn't start mm-hmm. and then you have to do it again and it start and it starts at the very tail end of yes sir. i guess mm-hmm. when, the, when it's time and well out.
0: what you need to do there john is you need to next time you go into it rather than just trying to start it just turn right. the key to own okay but don't start it and then l- right. wait about Ten seconds. Yeah, well, two or three seconds at least. Turn it uh-huh. off and then turn it back on, do that again twice, and then hit it. If it starts right up immediately, then uh-huh. the most likely cause is going to be something in the fuel system. Either the fuel pump is bleeding back fuel to the fuel tank or the fuel pressure regulator is dropping fuel. And you'd have to put a fuel pressure gauge on it to confirm that. But if okay. fuel pressure drops, what happens is that each time you cycle the ignition, it runs the pump for about a second, right. which charges the fuel rail, which allows it to start. Now, if the gas has drained back to the tank, it runs for a second, it shuts down, it has no fuel in the injector, so it's not going to start. It'll just crank and crank and crank. You turn it off, you turn it back on, it runs it again. Well, now it's got fuel up there. That's why it goes ahead and starts.
4: Well, I know when I I did it this morning and it finally started, Mm -hmm. it it was like it was stumbling like it was running. Well, yeah, it
0: just takes a time to get fuel up there and it just had not got a full charge. You turn it off, hit it again. Each time you cycle the ignition, it's going to run that pump for just a second. So it, it just takes it a while to get the fuel pressure up there. So what you have to do is put a fuel pressure gauge on it. When you turn the key to off, the fuel pressure should hold for a while, at least probably 10 minutes it ought to hold fuel pressure. If it drops to zero, then you know. And then you have to go in and separate out the regulator from the fuel pump to see which one is causing the problem. But something is most of the time bleeding the fuel pressure down when you get that. There is an article on my site. Just type in the word hard start. On my all site right. in the search bar, and it's going to bring right. up an article that tells you how to check it, when to check it, where to check it, and everything you want to know about it.
4: With a fitting for the put, put the pressure gauge on, would that be
0: on the rail itself, the fuel rail itself? I don't know S- on an Acadia. I don't
1: either, but more than likely, it should be on Most one of the rails it is somewhere on
0: there. Yeah, it's almost all GM almost always provides a fitting. And there's another okay. article checking fuel pressure that shows how each one, all the different renditions of Chevrolets, where they are, where the fittings are.
4: Okay, all right. Now, have you? Let me ask you another follow-up question regarding placing the, the chain and timing everything. Timing chain, yes, sir. The timing chain. Once that's done, I mean, have y'all ever had any comebacks or seen any other situations? with John, I, I
0: absolutely hate that vehicle. And I'm going to tell you, I, I hate that vehicle. They have nothing but trouble with them, man. That's one of the worst vehicles GM ever built, in my opinion. Now, yeah. other people may like it, I don't know, but we see yeah. so much trouble. With it. The huh? reason the guy got rid of it 9,000 miles, because he was pretty close to the end of it.
4: Well, I, luckily the transmission is brand new. The transmission mm-hmm.
0: has twelve thousand miles, and they just can Right, but okay, you got ninety thousand miles already. Have a transmission and a timing chain. What does right. that tell yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning of. It. To and me, it's just it's that's,
1: extremely complicated.
0: Yeah, that vehicle is the reason GM is in the condition they're in right now, or a part of uh-huh. it. That one and a lot uh-huh. more like right. it. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, it's going to be a problematic vehicle for you. You know, I don't know where you're at. If you if you can't afford to get rid of it, then just kind of take care of it and hope for the best. Yeah. The fix is go trade it in on a Toyota, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gotcha. All right,
1: guys. Thanks
3: okay, so John. Thanks, All right,
0: man. So. Bye-bye. Bye. 291-6901 is a number. I hate to beat up on people like that. I know, but. but- man that little
1: car is just and it's not just the acadia they ran that one all across the line i think saturn makes one yeah kind of in that same configuration
0: really it's just domestic cars in my opinion all the later model ones man just lots of trouble yeah just way 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 too much trouble of course good for us you know we get to fix it all but yeah not too too good for the guys pay the bill exactly (laughs) hey we're just totally out of time we're gonna have to get on out appreciate everybody who called today and everybody who's listening to us
1: i'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and Tell your friends, go to iTunes
0: and give us a written rating. That's right, Stitcher, and give us a written rating. We didn't get any last week, so it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm telling you. Just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> Big boy, you got to get over it. That's it. <laughs> Suck it up and come back next week. Hey, Free City was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.